Hey, good morning, good morning, you guys. I hope you're doing all right on uh, this beautiful weekend. Nice and cool weather again, and um, just gonna get cold, no doubt. Uh, but it's nice and brisk out there, and um, feels good. Nice time to have a fire going in the fireplace, and just chill out and relax. Just spend time with God, you know? Just you and Him. I love my church. That's what we're talking about. Uh, we started this uh, part one last week on the truth of God, and we're going to continue that and wrap that up here today. Uh, but a couple things uh, to kind of get us moving uh, where we were and uh, where we're headed. Um, foundational truths about the church and about all of creation really is that uh, God is the one who is has all the authority. It's all his. It's all everything is his. So what he says goes all belonging is because of him, because of what he's done for us. We can be a part of the church. All the work going into the church, all the building, God is orchestrating all of it. He is putting people in place to do what he needs them to do. And when God has willing servants, he can get so much more done. Uh, when we say, God, use me however you can, God is like, awesome. Uh, I can do some good things with people like that. But he's the one building. He is the one building. And uh, the ecclesia is the called out ones. That's those who have answered the call and said, yes, God, I want to be a part of your kingdom. <clears throat> Which also means that we're going to be different than the world. We're called out of the ways of the world and the systems of the world to live according to the, the truths of God. The ecclesia. I love the church, church because of a lot of things that we've said in the past, but... This week and last week, I love the church because it's where we stand on the truth. It's the only place that we will find the truth. Because it's the only place on earth where God has focused his attention. It was in, in the Old Testament, it was on Israel, right? God used the nation of Israel and he spoke through them and he brought prophets to them. And he, he called them among all the nations to be holy and set apart for him. And he worked through those people all through the Old Testament, even when they did not obey him. God still was patient with them and he moved them along and he brought us to this day where the Messiah now has come, the Christ. And now the church has begun this New Testament era and the new covenant in the blood of Jesus is, is here and it's available to anyone. And, and it's the only place where the truth of God exists on the planet is in his church because the church is the body of Christ because the church is where the Holy Spirit works and dwells and moves among the people who are part of the ecclesia the called out ones who now have received the Holy Spirit they make up the church it's the way it's where prayer is effective and connects us to God and all the things that we have talked about. In John H., to the Jews, Jesus said, uh, to the Jews who believed, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. See, there's the truth. And if we hold to the truth of Jesus, the teachings of Jesus, then we are truly his disciples. And if we do not hold to the teachings of Jesus, then we are not his disciples. We are following some other teaching. 
So only in the teachings of Jesus, only in holding to the truths of Jesus, are we really his disciples. And then you will know the truth, and the truth of Jesus and his teachings will set you free. Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. And we, we said that because we brought that up because the world is lost. And Jesus came. God sent his only son into the world to bring hope and salvation to the world. And so Paul said in Ephesians 5, because the world is lost and because God has sent his son into the world, now we have two kingdoms here on the planet, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light, the kingdom of Satan and his rebellion toward God, changing morality into whatever goes. And we have what God has always said to be true and right and good for all mankind always from the beginning of time. And Paul said, do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. Stay away from that stuff. We have to be in the world, but we do not have to live of the world. We don't have to live like the world. And in sinful matters, we should abstain and pull ourselves away from it as quickly as we possibly can. Do not participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but then Paul says, rather expose them. If you are a child of God, we are to say, look, there's the evil. There's the darkness. There's the trap of the devil. Don't fall in it. Don't wander in it. If you're caught up in it, get out of it. Right? And that's what believers do. That's what light does. What light does is it exposes the darkness. It brings to light what is there. And that's what, um, in a loving, gentle, godly, Jesus-type way, as Christians, as the light of the world, we are to bring to light the deeds of darkness, the things that are going on in the world that are not right with God, that are not truthful and honest. And we should be very careful how we go about that. So here we go. Part two, God says and the world says, there's, there's just two different systems of thought out there. There's what God says, and then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that the world says, that I say, that you say, that she says, that he says. We all got our opinions about all kinds of things, don't we? The world says, I say. But that is quite a bit different than what God says. And so there's a big division, a big, uh, uh, a big uh, divide between the things of God and the things of this world. So let me, let me just share a few things with you. <clears throat> God says, as we think about this in light of the world we live in right now, and things that are going on in the planet, what the world says and what God says. Because when we hear something, when you see something, our first inclination should be, what does the Bible say? What does God say about this, right? That's what we should naturally, we don't naturally think that, but that's what we should biblically, as a biblical person, with a worldview that is from God, 
our natural instinct should be, what does God say? Because what I think might or might not be good. Now, the more we're in the word, the more that our mind and our heart should be lined up with the word, which is why we need to be in the word. So that the word of God is transforming our mind. So we're thinking things that are out of the word, from the word, in the truth. And then it'll be easier for us. It's like, it's like anything else in life, right? The more you study something, the more naturally you can begin to do it. And so the word of God does that in our life. It begins to help us think like God and have the mind of Christ. So the world says and God says, God says, I created the heavens and the earth in six days and rested on the seventh day. If you look at Genesis 1 and 2, there's the verse, one of the verses. And the world says, the world says there was this big bang and things just evolved over millions and millions of years. We have what God says and we have what the world says. God says that he created it all. God says, I created them male and female. I created them. And the world says that there's all kinds of genders out there now. I mean, there isn't just male and female, but there's all kinds, 80 something and counting genders. Male, female, and way more than that. God says, that he made man, he made marriage between one man and one woman. If you look at Genesis chapter 2, there's the passage bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, she should be called woman. And she was taken out of the man. This is why a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is God performing the first marriage ever in the history of mankind. The world says, that you can marry anyone. That gender doesn't even matter. But two people who love each other and it feels right to them can just go ahead and get married. God says he created marriage. In Genesis 1, God says that he made us all in his image. In the image of God, he made us, right? Let us make mankind in our image, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, in our likeness. The world says that your identity is in whatever you want it to be, that you can identify as whatever you want. Like, and it, it's getting crazy. You want to identify as a kangaroo or a koala bear, then that's, that's what you are then. That's up to you. See, God says, I created you all. Mankind in my image. See, the world has taken this wild, wild left turn into craziness, into the bizarre, into the weird, and into the queer. There used to be a time, and you probably can remember this, pretty much our entire existence from the beginning of time, when people felt some shame for their sin. People had a conscience back in the day. 
a God-given sense of guilt, right? That helped us stay on course, like a, a built-in warning system that something is not right here, but not anymore. Like, not anymore. The world doesn't have a filter at all. It's gone. The conscience of mankind has become fully seared, like, like branded or cauterized with a hot knife, but not to stop the bleeding, but to render the conscience unsensitive, like not feeling anything. The conscience no longer able to sense sin. The slow desensitizing of truth in mankindness, a God awareness and of right and wrong has been like seared from the mind of people. The culture is just slowly, slowly erasing and eliminating it from the hearts of people from generation to generation to generation. It's getting weaker and weaker and weaker. And not only do people now like go all in with their sin, where once they felt guilty and it was somewhat hidden because they knew it was wrong. Now, now it's flaunted. Like we're seeing this more and more and more. It's aggressively on the attack and on the move. And if you don't accept this new kind of thinking, the devil's great delusion, and if you don't jump on board of this crazy train that is moving as far away from God as it can, then you are the one now who is not normal. You are the phobic. You are the racist. You are the hater. You are the violent one. The world has perverted God's design for mankind. A flip has been made, right? The exchanging of the price tags has happened. And we are experiencing utter rebellion toward God's created order. And the Bible says, the Bible says, Woe, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. This is the world that we are living in. It's full of lies. It's full of deceit. It's full of uh, corruption. It's full of uh, just worldly, fleshly, pleasurable, driven people who all they're after is, is what their own flesh desires and hungers for. Without the truth, without the truth on the world, mankind is lost, lost to make it up themselves. And when you look out into the world and you see what's happening in our world and in our culture and in our country, people are making it up big time. Everywhere you go, it is being made up. Anything goes, a reality is what's happening in our world. To which the children of God, those of us who are going to stand on the truth and those who are going to say, no, I'm going to, I'm going to live God's way. We say no. We, we must say no. We say no to Satan's delusions and we say no to worldly participation. We're not going to participate in the unfruitful deeds of darkness. We're just not going to do it. 
We are going to stand on the truth of God. We cannot and we will not go along. And I hope and pray that as time goes on, because this is heating up, it's just getting rolling. And the more and more evil begins to take root and get traction, it's coming after you and it's coming after anybody who claims that there is a truth, a God-given truth. We are slowly being under attack, but the war is coming. It is coming. I'm just telling you, and we can see it coming. Most people, if they are aware of God at all, they can see the attack. It's coming. The attack on God and on God's created order is here. And it's being made through people, and it's being made through issues on the planet, <clears throat> but the driving force is the devil. Satan is the one deluding people's hearts and minds and, and tricking them into the darkness, into, into diving in to the pleasures of the world. Well, there's the truth. Then there's the truth, something we call the truth, right? A truth that God has given us in this world. There, there's a movie that came out not long ago um, with Mark Wahlberg called Shooter, right? Where he's a sniper. It's a sniper movie, so it's a cool movie. And in that movie, he gets tricked into um, being set up for the murder of uh, some high politician. Uh, politician. Because, um, because he's a sniper and he can make the shot from a long distance. And he's the only one who could probably make the shot. So... He's been set up, and in this movie, there's this corrupt governmental officials that are part of this whole corruption. But one of them, a uh, corrupt governor politician, says this. He says, the truth is what I say it is. He says, a human being, the truth is what I say it is. And unfortunately, in our world, in our country, that's how far our corruption has gotten in real life. That people think, that the government thinks that the truth is what they say it is. It doesn't matter what's really happening in the world. The truth is what they say it is. Well, that's what he says. And, and I'm pretty sure that is not right. You know, that's not right. That's not true at all. Pilate said to Jesus, we read this passage last week at the end of the sermon, I think. Pilate said to Jesus, what is truth? What is truth? I don't know if he was asking an honest question to Jesus or if he was just mocking the fact that Jesus said that he came to give us the truth. If you're looking for the truth, I mean, if a person is really looking for the truth, and we meet people, we talk to people all the time. I run into people all the time. Some people are honestly looking for the truth. Other people are looking to justify their behavior. In fact, I think most people are just looking to justify their behavior. And some people in that group want to use God and his word to do that. Like, it's not enough to just say, this is what I'm going to do, and I know it's against God. They don't want to say that. They just want to say, is God okay with me doing this? And that's what they want. If you're looking for the truth, don't look to mankind. Don't look to politicians in the government. 
The educational system has lost its way. The media is corrupt. And do not rely on your own understanding. Don't do any of those things. If you're looking for the truth, you're not going to find it in any of those governmental or worldly systems or even in yourself. Because we are broken and we are corrupt and we are selfish people. Truth is only found in God. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Because the truth, the truth, what is right and good for all man, all time, beginning, now, and forever, the truth is what God says it is. Not what anyone else says it is. See, only the Lord Almighty has the authority, the creative power authority, to set the boundaries for mankind. What is right and what is wrong and what's best. The one who created the heavens and the earth is the one who determines what is right, what is good, what is honorable, and what is true. What is the standard? What is the moral? Only God. See, truth is, the truth is that there is darkness and there is light. The truth is that there are the lies of Satan and there is the truth of God. Truth is that the planet has been hijacked by forces of darkness. And the scripture declares that the whole world is under the power of the evil one. That right now as we live on this planet, the God of this age has temporary control over the things that are going on because mankind has turned the reins over to him by our sin. We have pushed God away and the, the devil is in charge of the planet for now. Colossians says that Jesus came and he rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Right here on the planet in the, 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 in the um, dominion of darkness that is over the world, Jesus has come, the light of the world has come, and he's brought us into his light while we're still living here in the darkness. <clears throat> Ephesians says you were formerly in darkness, but now you are the light of the world. First Thessalonians says that you are children of light and children of day. We do not belong to the night. We do not belong to the darkness. When we've given our life to Christ, we're part of the ecclesia, the called out ones. We've answered the call, surrendered to Jesus. We, are, we have moved from darkness into the light. Jesus declared that he is the light of the world. World is in the dark. The world is in the darkness and the world likes it. John 3 says, light has come into the world, but men love darkness. The Bible teaches us very clearly that we are living in a time where darkness is over the earth, but the light of Jesus has come and we can come into that light and live in the light it, surrounded by a world of darkness. So let me share uh, today with you a couple things about the truth. Uh, the truth, the truth about the truth. The truth about the truth. 
just five quick things about the truth that I hope is going to guide the way we live our lives in the truth. And what the truth does in our life, what the truth is for in our lives. And, and in the power of God's truth in us and around us. Because even though the darkness seems to be getting bigger and darker and darker and covering the planet, the power of the light is so much greater than the darkness. Light always out over, overshadow, I guess that's the only word. <laughs> light always overwhelms the darkness. You turn a light on in the dark and the darkness is exposed. You can now see. And so light trumps darkness, right? Doesn't matter how dark you put in a room that's lit. It's going to stay lit until you turn out the light. As long as there's light, it will always overpower the darkness, even though the darkness seems to be gaining momentum. So the power of the light is incredibly good for us. Here's what, here's what um, uh, James says. In James chapter 1, James says this, Don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. That's all of us, right? That's it. Just the two. Male, female. Brothers, sisters. That's all. Don't buy into what the world is selling. Okay? Just say no. Just say no to it. Okay? Every good and perfect gift is from above. Coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change. That's so important. What, he, what God set in motion at the beginning of time is still good for this day. Don't let the world make you think for one second that just because everyone else is doing it, now it's okay. Or just because the culture is accepting it, now it's okay. No, it is not. If God said it's not good, then it's not good now. God does not change like shifting shadows. He chose to give us, this is a good part, uh, he, gave, he chose to give us birth through the word of truth that we might be kind of first fruits of all that he created. Do you see that? What, what James is saying to us about the truth about the truth is this, that we were reborn in truth. Like we were once lost and, and, and confused and in the dark. And somebody shared with us the gospel, the good news of Jesus, the truth. And when we heard the truth and our hearts began to grab onto that truth and our conscience came alive, we wanted that truth. And so Jesus has brought us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light because of the truth, by the truth, he brought us in. It set us free and brought us into his kingdom where we are now reborn in Jesus. Our first birth ended in sin and sickness and disease and, 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 and death, darkness and evil. But now we can be reborn, reborn into the truth, reborn into Jesus because Jesus is the truth. And when we come to Jesus, we come to the truth of Jesus. His teachings, his standards, his moral, the one who is truth. In John 1.14, he is the one and only son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. In John 1.17, for the law was written 
and given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. See, Jesus is the truth and Jesus is the grace. And when we come to the truth, we are born again into Jesus, who is the truth. That's really important. People need to be reborn into the truth. And so we hold out the truth, the word of God, in the midst of a dark world so that people have a chance to come into the truth of Jesus and be reborn themselves. Secondly, the truth about the truth. John says this, they are not of the world. John 17, Jesus' prayer, they're not of the world, even as I am not of the world. So very clearly Jesus says, here's why you should not be of the world, because Jesus is not of this world. The world has gone off and left field. It's hijacked into darkness. Jesus says, I am not of this world, not this one. This isn't the one we created. Jesus says, you're not of this world either, because I'm not. Verse 17, sanctify them by the truth. Your word, God, your word, Father, is the truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. You see this? For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. So we'll be like Jesus, sanctified in the truth. We are sanctified in the truth. Now, what does that mean? Sanctified is the realm, just think about it as the realm in which we are sanctified. We're sanctified in a realm of God on the earth. It's like, it's like if you have darkness and you have a light spot, like we put some uh, light poles out here. It used to be really dark in a parking lot. Once the sun went down and it was dark, we couldn't do anything out there. Now we put some lights. So we've got some places where it's lit up, but outside of those lit places is dark. Can't throw a ball, somebody's gonna get hurt. If we come into the light, we can play catch, we can play ball, we can shoot baskets. Sanctified is the realm, the realm in which we live. The realm in which we are sanctified, set apart. It's where we are set apart for God's purposes to operate, to operate according to God's standards, his morals, his words. It's, that's how we operate, sanctified in, in the realm of God's prescribed truth and way for us to live. Not so much holy, like holy, like fully healthy and holy in that way, but more separated, separate. The word means to come apart, to come away from, to be different, not of this world. Our core values are different than the darkness core values. They have none. That's the thing about darkness. There is no morality. There's no truth. There's no standard. Anything goes. It's why so many people are going to get sucked into it because you can do whatever you want. Think about a family that operated under that kind of role or that kind of guidelines that your kids could do whatever they want and you're never going to tell them that was wrong or that was right. They're just, you're just going to let them do whatever they want. Can you imagine a city that got rid of the police department and said, now, from now on, all the people can do whatever they want. You want to go rob somebody's store, break their windows and take their stuff? That's, that's totally cool. Can you imagine the chaos that is happening on our planet right now 
has been happening for a little while now. Could you imagine the chaos? Well, you don't even have to imagine it because it's all around us. It is happening everywhere. This chaos, this mentality that we are being told right now that you can do whatever you want. There is no standard. There's no moral. There's no truth. You just, it's whatever you want it to be. Jesus says, set them apart, God. There's a realm in which we can live our lives on this planet in the light, even though we are surrounded by darkness. We are the light of God. Wherever we go, truth permeates around us. When we're living according to God's truth, we are set apart, although surrounded by darkness, we have the light of Jesus in us. That is powerful. It doesn't matter where you go. It doesn't matter uh, who you are. It doesn't matter how dark the darkness. If Jesus is shining and living in you, then where you are, you are sanctified in truth. That's so cool. That is so cool, isn't it? A uh, third thing is this, the truth about the truth, John 16. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. Truth number three, we are guided by the truth. We are guided by the truth. Isn't that cool? First, we're guided by the truth of the word of God, right? The written word of God. And then we are guided by the spirit of God, the spirit of truth. So we have the spirit of truth and we have the truth. And they are two things that we need mostly, right? The spirit convicts us. He nudges us. He enlightens us by the spirit of God. We walk in Christ right now on the planet today, fresh, the Holy Spirit alive in us, helping us. But we also have the truth because the Holy Spirit leads us into the source of truth, which is the written word of God that we have. And he, the Holy Spirit, the spirit of truth, is our mediator between us and the Father. He's the one helping us to know what God's will is for us right now on this planet. Should I move or should I stay? Should I take this job or should I take that job? What should I do? How should I live? What should I do? You know, those questions that we all ask every day. The spirit of truth is, is there to help us know what God would want for our lives. We are guided in this world by the truth. This is so important every day. We should be relying on the truth, the spirit of truth, God's spirit to guide us into the truth. Number four. Jesus said in John 4, 23 to 24, yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will, will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers that the Father is seeking. Verse 24, God is spirit. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So similar to the, 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 the one we just did, guided in the truth, this one is about worshiping God in truth. God has given us the spirit to guide us, 
and we worship him in truth as well. That means we are walking in the truth. That means we are living according to the truth. That means we are giving back to God a life that is, has allowed the truth to penetrate and guide us and move us. Spirit and truth. Worship is being a life of sacrifice to God. We're going to worship God. We're going to present ourselves to God, surrender to God, say, God, use me however you want to use me, God. That is our spiritual worship. It isn't about singing songs on a Sunday morning. It's about living lives that honor God every moment of our lives. We do this with the help and the support of these two things, right? We worship God in truth by the Spirit and by the truth. Right? The Spirit who lives in us and helps us. He helps us. He helps us whip our flesh into shape. That's what the Spirit's doing in us, helping us obey God and walk by the truth. And then we have the truth, who is Jesus, right? We have Jesus, who is the living truth, and we have Jesus, who is the written revelation of God, right? The written, uh, revealed Word of God, recorded for us to meditate on. So we read the scriptures and we, we let it transform our mind and our thinking. We let God's spirit use God's word to reshape the way we think and live. And in doing so, we are worshiping God in his truth, right? In, in, the, in this process of worship, what happens is God as we worship God in truth, as we live our lives in the truth of God's word and the, the prompting of the Holy Spirit in our lives, what's happening is this. God is changing us. He's making us more into the image of his son. We are being perfected. The flesh is moving away. The darkness is moving out of us. And the light is filling us more and more. We are becoming more and more like Christ. Secondly, he is able then to use us for his purposes on this earth. That God can now use us because we are worshipers of him in spirit and in truth. We're in tune with him because the Holy Spirit is living in us. So we can, we can be more obedient to what he wants out of our lives. Somebody living in darkness can't do that at all. It's like shut off. There's no, there's no connection. They have no clue what God would want them to do. And third... He is able to change the world around us because we are worshipers of him in spirit and in truth. And so now God can use us to impact the world, to shine his light all around us. And the light of Jesus in us then is able to penetrate the darkness. And our light shines brighter and brighter and brighter and brighter. We, we can have a, a candle as we begin to grow in Christ, that turns into like a light bulb, that turns into a spotlight, that turns into stadium lighting. And our, our, our light is God transform us. He's able to, to use us greater in the world to impact even more. Our reach goes further out. The more we just stay in tune with him and we worship him in spirit, and in truth. And the last thing that I want to share with you is this. In Ephesians chapter 6, the truth about the truth. The last thing is this. Number five. 
Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and notice he says when it comes, not if it comes, it's coming. In fact, it's already here. And like I said, it's going to intensify. See, Paul, the Bible already has warned us. So, so all, you know, we can always hope that things will get better. We, I hope that our country get, turns around and gets better because we're a mess right now. I hope things get better for our kids and for our grandkids. What a mess. What a mess we are giving to them. This is horrible. This is terrible. But there is no promise that in the Bible that it's going to get better. We can shine brighter all we, all we want, and we can impact the world around us, and that's going to help that. But, but when the conglomerate around us, the culture around us, has become so dark that they don't even care about the light, they don't care about the truth, then that is going to create the culture and the world that we live in. Jesus says, Paul says in this passage, or God says through Paul, Put on that full armor of God because the day of evil is coming. It's here. It's, it's going to get worse. That you may be able to stand your ground. The world may not, but you can. God's given you and me everything we need to stand our ground. And after you have done everything to stand, in other words, you have, you have invested in the truth of God, you are relying on the Spirit of God. You are saturating your mind with thoughts about God. You are living in the light and doing everything that you possibly can to stay in the light, avoiding the darkness, to have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but to expose them, but to continue to live in the light. Not to be better than anyone. Not to judge others. But to simply say, God, I am your kid, and I'm going to live the way you want me to live, regardless of what everyone else is doing. That's the only reason. That is our motivation. God, I appreciate what you have done for me through Jesus on the cross, and I want to give you all of me. I want to serve you with everything in me. And the world will turn that on you and say, you just think you're righteous, or you just don't think you're a judge, or you just think you're better than everyone else. And the world will shove all that in your face. Do not listen to that. Those are more lies of the devil just trying to cut you down. We're going to allow God to say who we are, not the world. And God says, I made you in my image. We just talked about that one. And therefore, live according to being made in the image of God, even if other people aren't. Look what he says. After you've done everything to stand your ground, verse 14, stand firm then with a belt of truth buckled around your waist. That's one piece of the armor, right? The, the belt of truth buckled, firmly buckled around your waist. Completely, that's what a belt does. It completely surrounds you on every side. It's not just the shield in front. It's not just the sword to attack. It's not just a mask or a helmet. It's the truth, and it goes all the way around you. God's word, God's morality, God's design, what God says, totally guiding, totally leading your life, surrounded in the truth. Without the truth, you will be exposed. Listen to this. Without the truth of God in your life, you will not be able to stand, not on the truth of God, 
You might stand for what you believe in. You might stand for your ideas and your thoughts and what you want, but you will not stand on the truth of God if you're not surrounded in the truth of God. Without it, you're going to be exposed. And here's the thing. Your opinion and my opinion is not equal to the truth. It's misguided at best. It's worldly at its core because we are fleshly people led astray by sin and selfishness. So my opinion in its raw sense is not godly. Only as it's been impacted by the truth does it have any hope at all. I talked to this young person this week uh, and he was asking about this issue, an issue. And he really wanted to know if he could be a Christian and still do this. It's kind of the issue, right? And in the end, after a couple people talked, I, I said to him, look, what I think and even what you think doesn't even matter. All that matters in the end, because we're all going to stand before God, all that matters is what God says. So the best thing that you can do is dig into the word of God and discover for yourself, what does God say about my issue? And then you'll know the truth. And if you want to walk in the truth, it'll set you free. But if you don't, then you could just kind of do whatever you want. People are free to do that right now. And I told them, you dig in. And then line yourself up with what God says. See, this is how we live by the truth. This is how the truth sets us free. And this is how we stand firm on the truth, completely surrounded in it, is by knowing it, digging into it, and then applying it to our lives. See, I love the church. I love the church because my church is God's church, where he reigns and where he rules. It's all his. Those who love him with all their hearts are serving him with everything in them have, have said, I don't really care about the stuff of the world. It could come or go. Yeah, I have things in my house and, and I like certain things. But you know what? In the end, if it all burned down, oh well. If a hurricane came and took it all away, no big deal. I still got God. Right? As long as I have God and, 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 and our kids and our grandkids, we're good to go. Right? We're good to go. I love the church because it's where God reigns. It's where he rules. It's where all belonging is his and all construction is the work of his hands. And, and his church is eternal. It's forever. The stuff of the world is not. The thoughts of the world are not. The opinions of the world are not. The culture is not. Only him, only God, and the things connected to God are forever. And I love the church because in the church, it's where we stand on the truth. It's the only truth available. It's the only church truth out there. It's the truth because God says it's the truth. And God's ways are way higher and way greater than man's ways will ever, ever be. I love my church, and I hope you love God's church too. Father, watch over us as we walk in this world, in this world of darkness. Help us to live in the light, to let the light change us.
to use us, Father, for your purposes and your glory and to, to shine brighter in a world that's so dark. Help us to hold out the truth in love and grace and mercy. But help us to hold out the truth. Help us not to sell out, to buy into the stuff of this world or to go along with the things that are of darkness. God, help us, teach us, show us what we should do. We love you. Thank you for each one here tonight. I pray that you'll watch over each one. In Jesus' name, amen. You guys have a great, great week, and uh, we will see you next time. Take care.